for it is written, fear not, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is written. Every good and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. It is written. Jesus, when will you show us the Father? And Jesus said, have I been with you so long that you do not know that I and the Father are one? And if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. It is written, I tell you the truth, if you believe upon me, these works that I do, you shall do greater works. It is written that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. And he healed all who were oppressed in their body and in their mind. It is written that when we behold the glory of the Lord, that as we look into that glory, we become that same image. It is written in the beginning, God, and that the earth was full of void and darkness and confusion. And that when God beheld the darkness, he was moved with a soft, tender love that drew out of him all of his power to be loving to the darkness and to transform it. And day by day by day, in Genesis 1, he transformed it. It is written that the dust of the ground was molded and that God blessed Adam. And if you remember from last month, the blessed meant that God knelt beside Adam and adored him, adored him. And that he saluted him. And that he reached inside of himself and gave Adam power. It is written that Jesus is the second Adam. And that the Father must have hovered over him to take him from his majestic glory in heaven down to a skinny little embryo inside a human's womb. And that that embryo grew in grace and wisdom until he was a man. And then he stepped forth, as John 1 says. And when the light of the world came, he 
He overcame all the darkness. And his entire life was a reenactment of Genesis 1. Because everywhere he came in touch with darkness, he's moved with compassion. Whether it's the darkness of someone being demon-possessed, ignorant of God's ways, blind, sick, diseased, he hovered over the darkness with love and brought beauty and wholeness to them. And he turned and said, Do the same. You are the light, just like I'm the light. Do the same. Calling us that whenever we see darkness in ourselves, or darkness in one another, or even darkness in the world, we are to have one reaction, a melting of where when we see darkness, we are so stirred with love and tenderness. We just want to hover over that darkness like we would a premature little baby. We just want to hover over that darkness with love and softness, releasing all the power in us until that darkness is made beautiful step by step, just like he did in Genesis 1 and just like Jesus did in all his days on the earth. And as surely as God knelt by the first Adam, he knelt by the second Adam. He knelt and he adored him. For this is my son in whom I am well pleased. But he also saluted his son. That salute wasn't just a hi, how are you? The understanding is it's a military salute. We have business to do in this earth, Adam. Second Adam, we have business to do in this earth. Count the cost. We are here to bring light. And then to the power of the Holy Spirit, he just placed it inside of his son, and that's what his son did. And that's our calling, simply put. If you wonder why you're on the face of the earth, there it is. If you have breath, you still have calling. And your calling will never be found by saying, well, I don't know what to do. What do I do? It's all about a who. Fix your eyes and behold his glory and let his image be burned into us. Until everything and every form of darkness stirs us to love in nothing but love and stirs us to hope. For the Holy Spirit has not changed. And just as he hovered over darkness in Genesis 1 to bring forth the hope of light, just as he hovered over darkness through Jesus to bring the hope of light, he's looking for agreement in the earth. He's looking for believers who are mature enough in his image that no matter the name, the form, or the intensity of the darkness, the only thing we know inside is love and hope, and I'm in here with you, Holy Spirit, believing no darkness is too great for you to transform into beauty. I will not agree with the world and say dark, dark, dark. I will agree with the Holy Spirit and let all darkness melt me until I love it. 
and I love it to the power of Jesus until it is transformed. There is an invitation of wonder and amazement that he says, you are seated with me in heavenly places, Ephesians 2, 6 and following. And the picture is such a picture of trust. I know for some of you, some of this is going to sound familiar. As I was praying about tonight, he just kept saying, faith cometh by hearing again and again and again. So here we are, seated in heavenly places. I am here in the throne room in my spirit. I am a citizen of heaven. My spirit does not belong to this world. My spirit will not perceive as this world, respond as this world. My spirit belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ, as does yours. We are seated in heavenly places, and we have given, been given an unbelievable honor that the Father and the Son are there looking over the earth and we are allowed the grace, if you will, to eavesdrop upon them and be in agreement with them. But we have to be in the same spirit as they are. Otherwise, our seat in heavenly places remains empty. It was given, but we don't know how to operate from there. Because our, our love walk's just not so great. There is a journey to living from being seated in heavenly places. And it's in a journey of a synergy of kneeling, if you will. Of where God kneels over Adam and speaks destiny to him. And if you will, Adam at some point kneels and says, how may I serve you, Lord? And the Lord says, would you name these animals for me? Yes, sir. Adam sins and the father comes and he kneels and he makes the blood slain and the garments and he kneels before Adam and says, here, will you accept this as forgiveness? And at some point, Adam knelt before God and said, how may I live for you now from this day forth? Jesus kneels before the Father. Father, how may I love you? How may I serve you? Son, would you please go to earth? Holy Spirit kneels before Jesus. How may I serve you, Jesus? Will you come with me? Jesus kneels in front of the disciples says, I love you. Would you consider following me? And the disciples kneel before him and go, we will follow you anywhere. 
I know that many people had difficulty last month when I said, envision Jesus kneeling before you, saying, how may I serve you? But dear ones, you do that every day. When you're praying, you're not praying up in the air. You're asking Jesus to serve you. Jesus, would you please serve me by doing this? Jesus, would you please serve me by healing this? Jesus, would you please serve me by fixing this? Jesus, would you please serve me by that? picture of him kneeling at you is probably the way you live, but it's with a subtle detachment. The truth is he's kneeling before you 24-7, and every time you ask his help, you're going, yeah, would you do this? The pathway to operating in heavenly places is the synergy when the kneeling is mutual and free. Before Jesus went to the cross, he's at the house of Simon the leper. The room is filled with doubters and scoffers and cerebralists, if you will, who think, think, think. And in comes a woman that at some point Jesus knelt and served her. Because she's a transformed woman. She is so transformed, she ignores all religious rules, all cultural guidelines, fear her for life, everything. And she just locks her eyes to Jesus and in essence says, Jesus, may I serve you? And she pours the oil upon him and all the ruckus in the room and the challenges. But you see, all she cares about is, Jesus, how may I serve you? She doesn't care what anybody else thinks about her or her step of faith. She does not care the gossip that's going to go on about her when she leaves that room. All she wants to know is, Jesus, how may I serve you? She pours the oil on him. And of the woman who understood the synergy of kneeling, he kneels to touch me, but I kneel to love him back. I kneel to give Jesus his heart's desires. I don't just expect him to give me mine. And suddenly, Jesus silences all the men. And you know this. He said something to her that was never said to another man, woman, or child from Genesis to Revelations. He said, this woman, she's done a beautiful thing for me. And as long as you preach the gospel, preach what this woman has done. And sometimes we miss the importance of that. He just elevated that above so many other stories in Scripture when he did that. There's no other place where he says, as long as you preach the gospel, talk about this. But she understood the synergy of kneeling. She understood she could touch the heart of the Savior. She understood he wanted his heart touched. And she did it intentionally. 
intentionally. Sometimes we'll pray, and we have to realize what we're saying is, Jesus, would you kneel in front of me and answer this for me, please? Would you use your power to fix this, help this person and do that? He goes, I would love to. I would love to. I would love to. And then he waits. Anybody going to care about my heart? Is anyone going to say, Jesus, how can I love you today? Jesus, how can I serve you today? Jesus, what are you praying today that you want agreement for? Dear ones, we're so cerebral, we get in our, our prayer list, and sometimes we pray almost the same way all the time. This place seated in heavenly places is rich. It's deep. You don't say the same thing twice here. Because you're praying in agreement with the God of all creation. It's different here. This is the invitation to anyone and everyone. Jesus said, I, I tell you the truth. Unless you take up your cross and follow me, you can't be my disciple. And he says, count the cost. He said, what man builds a tower and doesn't count the cost so that he's not mocked at the end because he couldn't finish it? I know that's not popular anymore. No one wants to talk about it. We just want to talk how sweet and wonderful we all are as sons and daughters of God, how much God loves us. That's true. But realize something, children. That's preschool. Just like Paul said, Children, you've heard the elementary things over and over. When will you? When will you have the power of the Holy Spirit so deep to believe he loves you that that orphan spirit falls off and it's not about you and your calling and you know that you know that you know he loves you. And yet serving him in all religious and duty and obedience. It's this heart to heart. Like between two spouses. Who just tag team loving each other. Not out of shoulds and oughts. But just out of love. We're in a season. Where God is moving and about to shift some things even before the end of this year. We step into a new year on the biblical calendar in a couple of weeks. And there's always a shift that follows that that is good and wonderful and marvelous. And it's always good. I, I just have kept feeling Jesus going, come on. Will you shift with me? Will you shift with me? Will you come a little closer to here? 
I'm ready to kneel before you, Jesus would say. I love it when you pray. I love answering your prayers. I love serving you. And I know you're busy with this and busy with that and call it service, and that's okay, that's good. But I want to know, do you care about my heart like the woman did? Do you care whether I, the Savior, receive comfort? Do you pray for the lost of the world with me? Or are you just your family, your church? I'm a savior of the globe. Once in a while, would you agree with me for something that's not in your immediate circle? Would you just love me the way I need to be loved? And the closer we move in to that kind of a depth of oneness, with him. Then this honor, this wonder of being seated in heavenly places with him transforms us. We are beholding his glory. We are beholding his great love for everyone in darkness, everyone in light, and everyone in between, for every nation, for every news story, for everything that is everything that is everything. He's hovering with love, going, would you hover with me? Please don't judge. Please don't take sides. Can you hover with me and live as a citizen of heaven, not earth? Can you hover in love over everyone and everything with me? I'd like to be loved that way. And from heavenly places is where you hear his strategies for how to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth in a greater magnitude and a greater ease than ever before. Dear ones, there is not one iota of um, correction, condemnation, or anything in this message tonight. All that is in his heart is, it's like the man that needed two touches. The blind man said, I'm blind, and Jesus touched him, and Jesus said, what, well, are you healed? Can you see? He goes, well, I see people as trees walking. And he touched him a second time. He said, oh, oh, I see things clearly now. Tonight is an invitation to say, would you like to just come up higher? And see more clearly what was really intended in this prepare my bride journey that we are on. To be in oneness with him. It's a wonder, isn't it? The son of the living God is inviting us to this realm of humility and intimacy and love and vision that is so far above the way people of the world see so that we can be in his image and bring forth his prayer request in the earth. And he's, our response is just, God, I give you the glory for everything. But God, I want to go through the open door. I want to love you more. And 
I want to be a part of this shift or this breakthrough that's coming. I want to be a part, Lord. I want to be a part of it.